Hello everybody, this is my last session on how do we glorify God. You know, again, there are many ways of glorifying God, but we are dealing with all the different seasons of our life. And today, we're going to be talking about glorifying God as a family or a church family. To me, there are many, many similar traits. So why don't we just leave our hands? Let's let's thank the Lord and ask God to bless uh, today's session. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We are so grateful for our family, a church family, the people of God. Lord, they are coming together to glorify you. So Father, today teach us what it means, Lord. Teach us what it means to glorify you as a family. Father, we, we've taken responsibility for our own self in the different roles of our life. But now today, teach us what it means to glorify you as a team. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, Amen. So again, to glorify means when we align our lives and, and with God's design and purposes. So let's let's go back to the scripture. And today we want to answer the question of, what does it mean to glorify God as a family? Amen. And, and you know, whether it, as a family or church family, I think both of these uh, uh, subjects are very similar. So it is no coincidence that God often speaks of His people as a family. As families, we have the unique opportunity to glorify God together reflecting His nature and purposes for all to see. So the first thing God will require us as a family is that we walk in unity. Number one, walking in unity. Psalms chapter 133 verse 1 tells us, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In a world fractured by Divisions, a family that stands together in unity bears testament to the harmony that God desires for all His children. When we walk in unity, resolving conflicts with grace and patience, we manifest the essence of the Holy Spirit, fostering an environment where God's blessings flow freely. You see, unity needs to be fostered. You need to do things together, build relationship. And that can be kind of complex, especially with all kinds of uh, different personality. You know, I, I did mention one time in one of my preaching sessions, say communities are messy. Amen. And I think that in order for us to walk in unity, everybody's got to do their part and everybody got to take some form of responsibility. Unity does not just happen without being intentional. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 and 3 tells us, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Again, I want you to take notice that scripture that I've just read, the term endeavoring suggests earnest effort, diligence, and intentional persistence. It's more than just a wish or a hope. It's a proactive pursuit. To endeavor means to strive, to dedication towards a goal. 
regardless of challenges and obstacles. It speaks of a commitment that extends beyond just mere intention, compelling actions, even when we face with difficulty. The call to endeavor reminds us that unity often requires conscious, continuous effort. Endeavoring to keep unity means actively working to maintain harmony, placing collective peace above individual differences and valuing mutual respect and understanding. So in a family context, endeavoring involves mending reefs, addressing misunderstanding, even if it means setting aside ego. It means seeking opportunities to strengthen familiar bonds, through open dialogue, share experiences, mutual encouragement. It requires patience, empathy, and the humility to celebrate each family member's distinctiveness. John chapter 17, verse 20 to 21 tells us, I do not pray for this alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. The importance of unity is so profound that Jesus himself prayed for it. Let us be inspired by his prayer and make every effort to cultivate, maintain unity within our families, reflecting the interconnectedness and the love that God desires for us. But this unity that we are talking about is not unity at any cost. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, it tells us unity of the Spirit. The unity of the Spirit means the special bond or connection between people who believe in God. And this unity comes from the Holy Spirit, which is also called the Spirit of Truth. This means our bond isn't just about being together that goes beyond mere human camaraderie, or consensus is divine based on spirit of truth. So let's break it down, this unity of spirit. First of all, it comes from God. This unity or togetherness does not come from us trying hard. It is a gift from God, but it's based on real truth, the kind that we find in God's word. And then also, is based on love and peace. This unity is about loving, caring for each other, and we should be understanding, patient, even when others make mistakes. This means choosing peace and friendship over disagreements. And then our part to play, while God gives us this unity, we have to look after it. This means avoiding fights, clearing up misunderstanding and always working together. And also another thing that is very, very important is respecting spiritual authorities or leaders. One of the ways to glorify God as a family is to honor and respect those that God has placed in spiritual authority over us. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 tells us, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. 
let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. First, Thess- First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and the doctrine. These verses reminds us of the importance of listening to the guidance of our spiritual leaders following the leadership structure God has set and supporting these leaders in their roles. While we recognize and respect spiritual authorities, we show our commitment to God's way of order and leadership. By living in unity, we show the world how special God's love is. When people see us living peacefully and lovingly, they can see the positive effect in our belief in God. In short, the unity of the Spirit is mixed with a spirit of truth. It's like a bond that ties us together. It's built on the truths we believe in and from God's Word. By living in unity and peace, we are showing everyone the great love and truth of God. How do we live in unity? I think one of the ways that we can live in unity is the people of God needs maturity. Amen. Maturity for the family's greater good. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 tells us, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Spiritual maturity is a journey. It's not solely about accumulating biblical knowledge. While understanding scripture and theology is vital, true maturity is often demonstrated in our daily actions and decisions, especially within the family unit. To mature is to recognize that individual desires might sometimes need to be set aside for the collective well-being of the family. It means prioritizing the needs and the happiness of others over your own, understanding that unity and strength of the family often require personal sacrifice. Let me let me give you an example. There may be times where I'd have to forego my favorite food, chicken rice, for the sake of the unity of my family. I don't just sit at one corner and whine and make give people a hard time, but for the sake of unity, Amen. I have to forego my desire. This form of selflessness mirrors Christ's own sacrifice for us by foregoing some of our desires for the greater good of our families. We not only foster harmony and unity within our homes, but also emulate the very nature of Christ, showcasing a matured faith to the world. In our journey of faith, Let's strive to grow not just in knowledge, but in love, sacrifice and discernment, continually seeking the betterment of our families and bringing glory to God in the process. And then what is really also very important to foster that kind of unity is that we need to demonstrate godly love. John chapter 13 verse 35 tells us by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love is not just an emotion. It's a proclamation of our discipleship in Christ. When families express this godly love to one another, 
they not only strengthen their bond, but also provide a tangible testimony to the world for their allegiance to Christ. As disciples, our love for one another is a reflection of the love Christ has for us. It serves as an undeniable sign that we belong and we are striving to walk in His ways. Love is the hallmark of the Christian family. It is the kind of love that endures, forgives, supports, and encourages. When families demonstrate this love, they become a ray of hope showing the world the depth, the breadth of God's love for humanity. And not only that, you know, we continue as the children of God to walk in godliness. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 tells us, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Godliness is a term that captures a life led in reverence and devotion to God. To walk in godliness is to lead a life that reflects the character and the attributes of God, prioritizing His will and commandments in every decision and action. At its core, godliness is about inner transformation. It's not just about external behaviors, though they are important, but about the condition of the heart. It involves cultivating virtues like patience, kindness, humility, and self-control, all which are the fruits of the Spirit. It is a pursuit of righteousness and holiness driven by the love for God and desires to be more like Him. In the context of a family, walking in godliness means treating each other with grace, patience, and love even when tested, leading by example, teaching younger generation the importance of integrity, honesty, and humility, making decisions that honors God even when we aren't the easiest or the most popular choices, creating a home environment where the Word of God is revered, discussed, and lived out daily. As family, embrace and walk in godliness. They become a beacon of light, showing the world the transformation power of a life surrendered to God. This walk is an ongoing journey worth undertaking, for in godliness we find true purpose, joy, and the very presence of God is manifested in our lives. And another way that we can promote a spirit of unity is serving together and living righteously. Amen. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 tells us, Bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Service starts within the four walls of our home. It is a common sight in many households one or two members bearing the brunt of the responsibility while others enjoy the fruits of their labor, or only the maid doing all the work. The plea for many parents, especially mothers, echoes in countless of homes, I am not your maid. The heart of the issue isn't just about chores or tasks, but also recognizing the value of every member, ensuring no one is burdened unfairly. When family members step up to share responsibility, it's a practical demonstration of bearing one another's burdens as Christ instructed. But service goes beyond just tasks. It involves speaking the truth in love and adhering 
the right doctrine. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow into all things, into Him who is the hate Christ. Conversation in our homes must be anchored in truth and love. Honest discussion, even when they are challenged or uncomfortable, create an environment of trust and spiritual growth. Moreover, right doctrine is the foundation for right living. When families are grounded in true teachings of the Bible, it reflects in their action, decisions, and lifestyle. This alignment of belief and behavior ensure a harmonious family life that brings glory to God. By actively participating in household duties, speaking the truth in love, ensuring our beliefs align with the word, we not only serve our family members, but also honor and glorify God. It is a profound reminder that every act of service, every word spoken can be an act of worship if done with love and reverence for our Lord. Amen. Another thing that can help us foster a spirit of unity is also recognize God's unique purpose for each family member. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Every individual in a family is beautifully and purposefully crafted by the hands of our Creator. Each has been endowed with, with gifts, talents, and unique callings from God. It is essential for the families to recognize, honor this individual purpose while also nurturing and supporting its development. While a family acts as a cohesive unit, it is equally vital to ensure that dreams, aspirations, and God-given purposes of each member are acknowledged and fostered. This involves encouraging each other, providing resources, offering guidance, and most important, praying for one another. In celebrating and championing each family member's divine purpose, we reflect the heart of God who has masterfully designed each one of us for a special role in His grand narrative. Let us remember that in the pursuit of family unity, the individual callings and purposes are not overshadowed, but rather illuminated, strengthening the family bond and glorifying God in the vast tapestry of His design. And then we need to renew our mind. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 tells us, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. We need, first of all, to be reminded who we are in Christ Jesus. And the Bible isn't merely a book. It is the living Word of God. Families that study and meditate on scriptures together, strengthen their spiritual foundation and fortify their homes against worldly influences. The world is trying to give us an identity. The world is trying to change our values. But by studying and meditating the Word of God, by doing those things, they not only equip us, but also become a testament to the transformative power of God's Word. And last but not least, we must continue to worship as one body. 
Psalm 122 verse 1 tells us, I was glad when they say to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Collective worship binds families together. The act of lifting voices in praise, kneeling in prayer, celebrating God's faithfulness together is a powerful act of worship. This shared experience glorifies God, reinforces the family's commitment to Him. Saints of God, to glorify God as a family is to shine a light in a world that desperately needs to see His goodness. So let us come together as a family unit and let our home be a beacon of hope, love, unity and faith that all who come into contact with you may see and feel the presence of God. Here's an application challenge. I know today's session is long, but I'm trying to cover two topics into one. So if you bear with me, but, but today I, I want us to take a moment to reflect God's love in our daily lives. God has called us to glorify Him in every aspect of our lives, whether as individuals or as a collective uh, unit, as a family. As we have dived into the various ways families can glorify God together, it becomes clear that every interaction, decisions and action presents an opportunity re to reflect His love, grace and wisdom. So let's begin today by fostering unity within our family and church family. Start spending time with your family. And if you haven't done that, schedule it down. Then, and not only that, spend time with church family members too. It could be as simple as coming together, eat a meal, discovering each other again, renewing ties, making renewed commitment for one another, and, and also encourage each family member to pursue maturity. And sometimes when we pursue maturity, we need to speak the truth in love, create an environment where questions about faith are welcome and explored together. And, and, and also challenge each family member to show tangible acts of love to one another. It could be words of affirmation, acts of service, or simply spending quality time together. Model, you know, godliness. Let our home or let our small groups or wherever we are be a place where godly values are not just taught but live out. When conflicts arise, choose the path of peace, forgiveness, and understanding. And serve as a family unit. Find a special project or missions activity that your family can be involved together. It could be serving in a, you know, in, in the different ministry, you know, joining eye care, you know, or helping a neighbor next to you. And most importantly, pray for unity. Shall we just lift our hands and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you with humble hearts. Grateful for the gift of family and a community you place us in. Lord, we desire to glorify you in every interaction, every decision, every action we take as a family. Help us, Father, to walk in unity, grounded in your word and led by your spirit. Teach us to love one another as you have loved us and let our homes, our churches be a reflection of your grace, mercy and love.
May we grow together in spiritual maturity, understanding that true growth is manifested in our daily actions and decisions, especially within our own family members. And guide us to serve not only within our family, but also our church family, our communities around us. And give us the wisdom and the strength to bear one another's burden, to speak the truth in love and to always choose the path of righteousness. We pray that our lives individually and collectively be a testimony to your unfailing love and grace. Help us shine your light brightly so others may see your good deeds and glorify you, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm sorry that this took a little bit longer, but God bless you for listening in. Thank you for joining us in this podcast. We'll meet you tomorrow. Tomorrow we will be talking about the different historical revivals from the past. And let's glean, glean on those experiences. And let's believe God to do a miraculous work in the 21st century. God bless every one of you. 